the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. All right. Just want to listen to some DMX. Take it easy, O'Reilly. Uh, we are live. Thanks, Bill. We are live on video up on Twitter. At Steve Cofield up on YouTube and Facebook, ESPN Las Vegas Facebook. We'd like to do some live videos here and there. We're out at the TI, so you can check the place out. Come on down here this, uh, this weekend if you can. Come out here tonight. they got Vegas Golden Knights hockey on. you got some great drink specials, tremendous menu. You can order from uh, the warm-up part of the menu. you got the uh, hat-trick sampler, bases-loaded nachos. Uh, John is a massive favorite to go to the uh, entree section of the, the Bison Burger. So they oh, yeah. got it all going on here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside the TI. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Wow. All right, really doing it up. Vast sound crew. Nice job today. Nice job. We will uh, talk DMX. We'll talk VGK. We'll talk UFC with AH, Adam Hill, around 530. We'll also have to get his take on Aaron Rodgers, who you and I backed A-Rodge. I'm not an A-Rodge fan. I don't love him. Right? Mm-hmm. He annoys me, but I can see talent. Maybe not on the show, uh, but I can see talent. He's got talent. He should be the next Jeopardy host. Get Jennings out. The freaking Oz, Dr. Oz. He's not even popular. He's a jabroni. A Rog can do this. Yes, he can. Let me hear a little Aaron Rodgers so far, some of the highlights of the week. Pasquale Palumbo in the middle is, is a financial services professional from Hawthorne, New York. Yes, sir. And it says here that you and I have an interesting football connection. I need you, to hear about this. Yes, we do. So uh, I both played and coached high school football at White Plains High. My head coach, Mark Sandonato, was coached by Ralph Regan Sr., who was coached by Colonel Red Blake up at West Point, <laughs> who had Vince Lombardi on his coaching staff at the time. <laughs> okay. That's a good four. So we're football cousins. Four degrees of separation there. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's better than good. six. That's good. Solid stuff. That's good. I like it at the I end. I still, I, I need more, I, 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 some zip mm-hmm. from, from Aaron Rodgers. I, I know he can react and he can be funny. By the way, um, I don't, how do those degrees work? Like the six degrees of yeah. separation? Yeah. That's how it works. Like, he got it right, kind of. My, my grandmother and grandfather are buried, like, I don't know. 7,000 feet from Vince Lombardi. Nice. Is that, what, how many degrees is that? Is that, just, is that two? Is that one? Well, if we're going that route, technically my grandparents are buried in the same soil and just same planet as Vince Lombardi. So. <laughs> That's exactly the same thing. All right. I, I think you have to, I think you have to like, what, what the problem with his degrees of separation was the degrees of separation have to eventually land on the person that you're talking to, right? Like, you know, like X, person X knows this person, knows this person, knows this person, knows this person, who knows Aaron Rodgers. That's, uh, that's, I think, the way that you do the degrees of separation. But he didn't really seem... And your first degree can't be, like, everything's about being deceased. Right. I'd also go with, right. you know... I get it. I about, didn't know the rules. How about one degree of separation? I'm standing right in front of you, and we're both on Jeopardy. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, <laughs> like, you, like, you should already be using that. Right. It's current. Right. All right, more Aaron Rodgers on Jeopardy. Give him the job. Scott, did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick that field goal? (laughs) 
That is a great question. Should, should be should be correct, but uh, unfortunately for this uh, this game today, that's incorrect, and you're going to lose zero. Ari, right, you've had a week to think about that bite. You've heard the new bite. You were very anti uh, Aaron Rodgers as the host of Jeopardy. Adam Hill is coming up in about 25 minutes. He was very anti Aaron Rodgers. He's starting to win you over, is he not? I saw some smiles. Uh, no. <laughs> No, and in fact, on the you first Dave Koken with a quick no on the first Give cut. Me more. On the first cut, the uh, the other guy was wittier than him, the the uh, wow. contestant. So, I'm high, not, sta- high standards. I'm not saying he's horrible. I'm giving him a hard time. Like he's not awful. I'm sure he'll grow eventually. I, I just well, I mean, he's got he's got two weeks. I mean, you, yeah. he's got to get it done now to get the job. Okay. Well, we can't have fill in host best forever. Of luck to him. Trebek's looking down on this, going, "Let's go! Come on!" Also. Exactly. Also, Ari's completely wrong. Uh, the first cut, or excuse me, the second cut, the field goal, that's actually where he's at his peak. The timing of letting the audience laugh and react. Yeah. The second they got done jumping in with a very witty response, right, allowing the laughter to happen again, acknowledging at the end that that man wagered nothing, no money, didn't lose anything. I thought he was brilliant in the field goal cut. I mean, wow. Aaron Rodgers, he's moving up the rankings in terms of best athlete actors current athlete actors uh, let's know that list we please don't bring that up again well i mean because it gets too complicated the, we don't set the parameters correctly all we know is that number one is baker mayfield like that's that's the clear thing that we can all agree on of all time no active athlete you did actors. just say active yes. okay well i mean are, he's not number one of all he, he's not number one active you know that's not the case he's very good who's number one well, the guy who's worth like 800 million dollars I don't know who that is. The Rock? He's not an athlete, though. He's you not guys an active like Peyton, athlete. He, Peyton Manning is your oh, answer. Ac- oh, I'm sorry. Active athlete. Right. Oh, active. See, I can't even get the parameters. Right, so. yeah. Active a- athlete. Usain Bolt was pretty good in that new Gatorade commercial. What does he do? There's, they, they, You didn't see they're revamping the whatever I can do, you can do better thing? I did see that. Yeah. Was there a whole lot of acting in it? No. <laughs> he just—he ran really well. I believe yeah. that he was actually competing. I think that the guys in that are good actors if they just lose. Isn't that the whole theme? Oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> Go out and lose. All right. <laughs> if that's what we have to do, we'll do it. Number four. UNLV is going to lose Bryce Hamilton. Uh, he mentioned last week he's going to test the uh, waters. For the NBA draft, I think he got messages back quickly that, hey, you need to play more college basketball. So he's in the transfer portal on the college level. He's done with UNLV. Average 18 points a game. You've seen you know, what the maturation was like the last couple of years. But the team was ill-equipped to compete at the highest level because there just wasn't enough around Bryce Hamilton. You mad? No. Look, I, I don't – and I come at this from a different angle, but I will never fault a guy for going – in an area going in a direction that he believes will better and further his career and his professional life. And if this is what he believes he needs to do to potentially play in the NBA, to potentially make him and himself, his family, some money in the long term, then why would you ever fault him? I got a message from a Tommy today who uh, was suggesting, you know, this is a freaking joke that he's leaving. He said Omari Hardy did uh, did as well, and he disappeared at Oregon. Um, if Bryce realized he wasn't NBA ready, why not stay another year? Be a leader, you know, be the uh, player of the year in the conference and then go to the NBA. Uh, why go play with players you don't know and show you can't commit? <laughs> I love that. I'll say in Bryce's defense, 
Um, he already did commit. Right. Because of uh, issues within the basketball program and also the, the administration believing Marvin Menzies wasn't the guy and Ox was, and then Ox turned out to be a guy who really wasn't committed. How many coaches are you going to ask Bryce Hamilton to play for? Right. How much does he have to tough it out? Um, at some point, you want you want to win, and you want to play with the best and against the best. So I'm not, I can't rip on Bryce Hamilton. He uh, he he toughed it out. This last year was, you know, was not a great one for him. I will say, and we'll have to get into this more next week. Um, I do believe that uh, people were talking to him in the middle of the season, and there were some spots with that ankle where some folks in the program believe that he could have played and he didn't play. Not that it was going to save the season, mm-hmm. uh, but there was some chirping around him, which is to be expected. You've got a guy who's coming off his sophomore year where he averaged 21 points a game in Mountain West Conference play. He comes back you know, with the, uh, with the second year of the new coach, and honestly, Otts did not put together a team that was ready for this year. There were too many developmental players on that roster, and if you're Bryce Hamilton, you're like, I'm not, I'm not risking going through another year where, you know, uh, where UNLV is a 500 team. Right. And here's a couple of things. Right. One, the commitment thing is laughable. Don't bring it up. It's absolutely ridiculous given what this kid went through in his career at UNLV. Uh, number two, uh, you bring up Amari Hardy disappearing at Oregon. You failed to forget one of the other bigger name transfers that that did. I think pretty well for Baylor. I can't remember his name though. I think he's got a national championship and was a key role player for them. Um, and the other part, and this is just more me observing his future going forward, what I'm really interested to see is how Bryce Hamilton translates in terms of what he would be expected to do at the NBA level. You know, he's a guy that just eats up mid-range shots. That's not the NBA anymore. And how he'll have to change. Like, you know, he's like a, a poor man's T.J. Warren almost, and that's just not going to fly. And T.J. Warren's just an elite mid-range scorer, but his game's not suited for the next level, it seems, at this point. The Rebels did pull a player out of the portal. You know, they've got eight who went in. One has already come out. Uh, Devin Tillis is uh, now going to UC Irvine, but Hamilton's in, Caleb Grill is in, uh, David Jenkins is in. I'll also say, I think, uh, aside from Bryce Hamilton, I'm pretty sure the coaches, when giving out advice, the staff, with the rest of the guys were like, you can do what you want. Yeah. Like, not not to be mean, but, like, they were, you know, because you can see they're, they're, they're trying to build a different team here. They've gone Big 12 with four guys out of the transfer portal, and it's mostly guys who are sophomores. Uh, there's two experienced players. But they just grabbed another sophomore today who's got three years left. He was a top 75 player in the country coming out of high school in Missouri City, Texas. Donovan Williams was on the Texas roster. So second Texas player uh, coming out of high school, he picked um, he picked Texas over Georgia, Miami, Texas A&M, Arizona State, and Oregon. And just so you know why this is happening with the kind of that Big 12 Texas feel, well, Kruger, Kevin, mm-hmm. was in the Big 12 with his father on that Oklahoma staff. Carlin Hartman was there for a lo- much longer. Well, Carlin Hartman apparently is a whiz at recruiting in Texas, so they're very much into the Texas players, and they're trying to get bigger and longer, You know, especially on the wings and up front and more athletic. Uh, they just were not athletic enough at the four and five, and I hope Mbake John comes back. But around him, they just didn't have a whole lot of help. Number three. Got to get more help, right, John? Mm-hmm. Always looking for more help. Uh, Coming up in about 15 minutes, we're going to talk to one Adam Hill, and he's going to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights and what kind of help they can get at the trade deadline. What's going on with Aaron Judge? This is a weird situation. Weird situation. Dude, it's like super gloom and doom around Judge and his future, right? Like, So, again, he sits, I think it's, uh, what is it, is it oblique or 
or hip tightness, whatever it is. Uh, but it's funny because the second he's listed as out the other day against Baltimore, I see like a whole bunch of like New York Post articles like, this is it, let's decide the future, what's happening with Aaron Judge? And it's like, wow, okay, I know he's injury prone, he's missed some time. But like I didn't realize it was like sky is falling. But Let's decide on the future of this kid now because it's getting ridiculous type stuff. They don't have to decide on the future, but you know how I just mentioned Bryce Hamilton was hurt. He had the uh, the ankle injury, and at a point there were some coaches who were like, you know what, like you can go. You, you got to you know you got to you got to get back here, and that's I think that's what's happening around Aaron Judge. Listen to this question from uh, one of the respected media members in, in New York uh, asking Aaron Boone like. Okay, what's going on here? And the Boone, the Boone pause is really telling. We asked you all these judge questions because of his injury history and so on, so you can understand how we can be a little uh, confused when we don't have. Would you consider him right now injured? Hello. Um, wow. Dang, Marley. I mean. <laughs> He's there. He's there. <laughs> That's a big question. I don't know how to answer that. Cause, okay, that's fair. I mean, and if I answer yes or no, it, it's going to be conflated a lot of different ways. So I don't have him in the lineup today. Um, I feel like he could probably play today. So I don't know. Well, I just more evaluation in 24 hours. It's a good question, but I'm not sure how to answer it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hold on. How about that? That was a legit pause. He could hear the question, and then when he tried to answer it, he's like, "I, I don't have, I don't have a response for you." You say, so, "Is her name Marley?" He say, "She's Marley." Like he yeah. wasn't even like the question. Yeah. Well, I, he he actually was very friendly. Like the no, the vibe course. between yeah. them, he he basically like, "Hey, you put me in a tough position here because I don't have an answer." There's there's something going on, something weird happening. Well, yeah, and the, but but still, what I was laughing at his response when he goes, "If I answer yes or no, that could be conflated either way." Your response right now is being read into. Like, I think your response is saying everything. I think you get out of more trouble if you just say, yes, he's not in the lineup. Like, when you hear your manager say, he's not in the lineup today, I feel like he could go. I think that answers the question for us. Number two. Crazy Sitch. Oh, boy. How about your guy? You know, I forget how young Mike Trout is. And, like, every year going into the season, I'm like, ah, this will kind of be the fall off for, you know, 34 years old. Like, oh, how dare no, you. They, they, when you sign a guy to that kind of contract when he's in his mid-20s, as long as he stays on track, it's probably going to get better and better and better. He has been a freaking monster out of the gates. But you know the story, John. You're an Angels fan. Every year we see this guy go out there and, you know, be one of the top five players in baseball, if not the best. Have they finally put enough talent around him? where the best player in baseball can get on a real stage again and then actually win in the playoffs? I'm afraid to say yes. But it looks like we might have something here, boys. Looks like we might have something here. Shohei Otani stays healthy. Otani's raking. He had a, a two-run double earlier today. They're taking on the Blue Jays right now. They're up 4 nothing. If Otani is still healthy in that lineup, Rendon's an absolutely fantastic player. You have Trout. And then you have these little pieces that are kind of popping up, right? Jared Walsh at first base potentially could be something next. Ossie has kind of been all right at catcher from an offensive standpoint. You know, Dexter Fowler got hurt today, so, you know, he's a leadoff guy. I don't know how much he'll really offer. Fletcher's so good at not swinging and missing. They might have something offensively here. I dare I say. Oh, no. 
Are you going to jinx yourself? They're potentially a wild card team. Wow. Yeah, I said it. Well, I mean, we've got more wild card slots now. Right. You can get on the dance floor more easily than you could in the past. I, I honestly, I do have faith in their offense. I, like, again, health is the, the, the end-all, be-all for every team. The thing that will hold them back, as Dave said, is, like, is the pitching going to hold up? Their pitching staff is a bunch of twos and threes, mostly threes. And they have some intriguing pieces in the bullpen. You know, you've heard me, I think it was on the podcast on Monday, this Chris Rodriguez kid seems like he's going to be a legitimate piece for them in their bullpen. We'll see what they eventually do with him. But, like, the starting staff, I think, is nowhere near complete. And if you're going to compete for that spot, if you're going to get to the postseason, I, I think a, a front-line starter is in the works at the trade deadline. It has to be. Uh, watching the Trout home run, I got kind of freaked out. I forgot that the Jays are playing in, you know, a triple-A stadium. He right. jacks one to left field. I'm like, what the hell stadium is that? There's nothing in the outfield. Were you watching? Was it late in the game? Was it last night with yeah. uh, with C-Shack with the pickoff? No, which, oh, I didn't see this. Oh, no. I got to show you during the break. I saw uh, Cody Decker, who you know, one of our guys who played with the uh, the fifty ones at the time, uh, put up the highlight at Decker six uh, up on Twitter, and C-Shack made like the it was a beautiful move, but it was pro- he he blew away the runner. Like the runner had no clue, but it was probably a balk. But it was it was so fast, it was so brilliant. I don't the umps were like, I, okay, I don't know. That's all. But it was it was freaking it was great. You see where Trout's dong landed? No. Home run, 444 feet. One baseball rider went to Google Maps into a schoolyard. Yeah. Yeah, baby. That so is awesome. Good. Oh, I hope he has a big season, and I hope the Angels are a little closer to making the playoffs. Baseball definitely needs Mike Trout to be around Ugh. in October, not freaking disappear or, just, you know, just become kind of irrelevant as a singular star but not really competing for anything by, like, the middle of August. It's, it's crazy that it's been like this. One 100-win season, and they got swept in the postseason. He has yet to win a playoff game. It's insane. Number one. So set the stage. What's the narrative going into this weekend of the Masters? You got money on this event. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're watching. I don't know that you're a big golf fan, but, uh, you know, I was kind of joking at the start of the show. I'm like, eh. I'm like, there's a lot of no-name guys Towards the top, I don't know that I'm fired up to see, you know, Wiesberger, whatever his name is, and Leishman, and but but it uh, it tightened up with some some of the bigger names getting back into the mix, especially Spieth at five. Uh, the leader is uh, Rose at seven. I'd also say, do not assume, my friend. I love golf. Golf is is awesome. That's a good point. People make mistakes of assuming that uh, you cover this or that just because you're an NBA expert. John covers everything. That's right. I love everything, every sport, even cricket. Uh, cricket league starting actually up in like two weeks. It's going to be interesting to see what right. happens. Um, so I think the obvious narrative, the low hanging fruit, is Jordan Spieth, right? Like Spieth, who hasn't won a major since the Open. Uh, in 2017, actually, he won his first match, or excuse me, his first tournament overall uh, since that when he won the Valero last weekend. So I think the obvious narrative is Jordan Spieth, who's four, uh, tied for fourth right now at five under and two strokes back from Justin Rose. But I'd also say, like, I, and you kind of, like, came back on it a little bit, this is a really good leaderboard at, at Augusta. Outside of Jordan Spieth, you know, Justin Rose is a guy who has the potential to get very hot. We've seen through the first two rounds how hot and cold he can be. He can be an entertaining watch. Hideki Matsuyama is one of the more talented golfers who's never really broken through in these majors who could potentially win one. He's three strokes back. And then you have guys like Justin Thomas, Tony Fino, Xander Shoffley, Colin Morikawa. Say it. Say it. Huh? Say it. Who shot a 67 today? The incredible, bu- the incredible bulk. DeChambeau. Oh, okay, yes. He's, a, he's at one now. I hadn't gotten that far down. Let's do yet, it. But, yes, he is still alive and still around. 
and John Rahm too. You know, and like that's what's going to be really interesting is this course through the you know this today was a little bit easier for these guys, uh, but yesterday this course was really fighting back. You know, Rose was at seven under. The rest of the leaders were you know on the leaderboard at three under. And so there's a lot of mobility over the next two days, but I can't wait to see how this plays out. And I think it's going to be a really exciting tournament. we got to take a break. I have to uh, go and bet for the rest of the way, Bryson DeChambeau. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. By the way, that was kind of a backhand away saying that Paul Sorrento and Mike Trout are extremely close, and he was thinking, you know what? Hitters have had a lot of success against tripling on the first pitch. Trout was ready. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. Checking out the, uh, the end of round two with the Masters. Got baseball up on the screens here. This place is gigantic. It's awesome. Good vibe. One of the bigger crowds we've had. All masked up. Very safe. Very safe. Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. You can bet the games right here at the windows or the kiosk are open 24-7. And for locals, it's awesome because you can park right in the back, escalator down. You walk by the uh, Mystere Theater and you're at the Golden Circle tonight, 7 o'clock. You got VGK Hockey. Yotes. Who are kind of hot right now. Yeah. They've won six of eight. Yodis. We'll get a uh, VGK preview from Adam Hill in less than five minutes. Boy, oh, boy. Astros and A's are matched up. What a B of a schedule for the A's out of the gates with the Astros, the Dodgers, and the Astros again. Uh, DeChambeau, I checked during the break, 25 to 1. To win? Yeah. He's one under. I mean, clearly, so he's six strokes back. you got to make that up, plus whatever the guys do in front of him. I feel like I'd want more than 25 to 1. All right, I'll shop the number. I'll shop it. Could be low. Could I'll be. try. I think it is. You're going to get fired up for the Masters like the old whites, huh? <laughs> well, I am in the demo. I am not, <laughs> I'm not fired up like your typical older white. I'm not a boomer. Boomer's a little bit older. Right. I know you... Every day you come in here with some strategy of trying to flamethrow some of our most important listeners. I apologize, baby boomers. I mean, sometimes they make John, it too easy. John's a whippersnapper. What would you say? <laughs> sometimes they make it too easy. So. Serve it up on a plate right, for you? Right, yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? Mike Trout, you serve one down low. Great low ball hitter. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to rake, bro. Yes, the call there on the uh, Angels radio network. And you said it landed where? In another school. And I just think, Sho- dude, Shohei Otani just went insanely deep right now. Tough. <laughs> So good. Are you are you going oh to my God. your your man crush on him? Will you post another muscly picture of I got, Shohei? Got plenty. Shohei Fridays. Yeah. Shohei Sundays. That's well, the day. Well, I mean, but today Shohei Friday. Yep, just went deep. Had an RBI double earlier in the game. Over <laughs> under twenty seven home runs. Do I guarantee me fully health? Fully healthy? No, you just got to make the bet. That's the point. Uh, okay. Well then. I'll say under. Okay. I, set the, number, the, I yeah. set the number too high. Yeah, and i got to see if he's going to be healthy. If he's fully healthy, I'd say over. If I knew, if I was guaranteed a buck 62, over. He's going to get, like, sore tries from Bro. He's lifting too much. I was going to say, he's got to calm down. He, is, he looks like uh, he's like 
He's like Dwight Howard at his peak. The, the shoulders? Oh, the delts are great. No, I got to say. He, this he, is, he is. You know, we were joking the other day, uh, you know, because we have a lot of back and forth with the guys on uh, Raider Nation uh, Radio 920. At least we, we, we fourth. I don't know if we get it back. Uh, but with uh, Vinny's show, and I guess Vinny and uh, DeMond were arguing about Trout versus Shohei. And I chimed in on social media, and I was like, I mean, Trout's the best player in baseball. Um, but the but the more popular player overall may be Shohei because he's obviously a mega stud in Japan. Yes, 100%. He is the more popular player. I don't think there's any question about that. He's got international draw. By the way, Mike Trout just doubled off the wall. So. Just keep coming. Wow, you're in good shape. I, you, I do feel like you're Love jinxing yourself for the, the rest of the season. I know. I know. Try, like, we have to understand. Look, I'm an Angels fan, and I get it. Eight seasons are long. Seasons don't usually start like this for them. Seasons are usually I like, this. like just littered with solo shots from Mike Trout and failed games where you're like Great. leaving guys on base. Like now they're actually delivering, and so this is a very exciting time. Visit Cofield's Corner on LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Now back to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. See, to live is to suffer. To survive, well, that's to find meaning in the suffering. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I can't get up. Hey, yo, I'm slipping, I'm falling, I got to get up. All right, let's get to Adam Hill. We check in with him on a Friday. Lots going on this weekend. Uh, UFC, Golden Knights, sad day. DMX passes away. Adam, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. That uh, that song kind of brought me down a little bit, but uh, you know, I'm I'm hanging in there. Tell the audience because we've been talking masters all day, so I'm not sure who's who's listening in terms of demo, right? It's, DMX demo is a little different than than masters demo. Um, Ari was saying for his age group, like DMX was a really big deal. Why was he a big deal for you? Well, I think it's a huge deal, first of all, because of, you know, wh- where he entered the, the scene kind of as a, as a superstar, which was literally his first, like, major album came out right after the deaths of Tupac and Biggie, and it was like a shift into a different era of hip-hop music. But it's, it's also, like... One of the one of the few rappers I think I mean we we've seen more come across, but the the big time uh, you know superstar rappers that weren't afraid to like really delve into their feelings and their emotions, both positive and negative. And it wasn't all about you know like the '90s were just all about what you have and what you got and, and kind of showing off everything. Uh, he was he was willing to really dig deep, and there was a lot of demons. Uh, you know, he's had a very troubled or he did have a very troubled life. Um, and he wasn't really afraid to share that, the good and the bad and the, the awful things that he did. And I think one of the you know, longstanding quotes was, I've done a lot of bad things, but I'm not a bad person. Uh, that kind of uh, kind of really shone through uh, his entire life. But, yeah, I think it was the, the fact that he was so unique in what he did. He didn't sound like anybody else. Uh, and that he just emerged at the right time in the hip-hop world. Adam, when people pass before they're supposed to, you know, we tend to glorify them to extent, like, like a little bit more than they really were, make them more grander than they really were in their lives. But the thing that I could tell from DMX, and you know, I was telling Steve and, and, and Ari earlier, you know, a little bit before my time, right? First album comes out when I'm seven years old. I know who he is. I recognize his work and how good he is. But he seems to be the one where 
you know, we're, we're idolizing him, we're making him grand, but it seems to be fitting for who he actually was as an artist and everything like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, the, the impact culturally was, was massive, and, and, you know, the music is just, if you live, I mean, if you turn on a song, you're like, oh, that's DMX. Like, it's so, it's so identifiable. Um, but, like, at, at the same time, um, he, was, he was very, you know, very popular. It wasn't like he was an underground kid, and, like, you know, only the people that, you know, were fans of him knew his stuff. Like, everybody knew his stuff. First artist ever whose first five albums all went to number one. That's insane, the amount of success that he had, but also where he came from. He came from, I mean, absolutely nothing at all. And, you know, was, was you know, if you heard him rapping about, you know, drug deals and just, you know, maybe things going bad and, and dealing with guns and violence on the streets and stuff, like, it wasn't like he was watching that stuff. He was living that stuff, and you could kind of tell from his music, but he kind of got through that, but he never really did. Uh, even as, as successful as he was, he never really got away from that. And so that was kind of the, the great tragedy of the success story. Adam Hill's with us. A busy weekend for him. We'll get to the Vegas Golden Knights here in just a couple minutes. Uh, UFC is on ABC. You know, you've got this deal now with ESPN. It's the second time they've been on big ABC, if I'm correct. Uh, first time out, they had Max Holloway in the main event. Uh, Vittori and Holland. Explain. Uh, well, first of all, it's a late late replacement. Um, but I, I think the, what, what, the what biggest thing is... What, what's the late well, replacement? Explain. Yeah, I was, I was going to get into that. Um, but the, the biggest thing is it's a daytime card, right? So I think it's a little bit different, too. It's not prime time. Uh, it's noon here in Las Vegas, 3 p.m. on the East Coast, so a little bit earlier than you would normally see. Uh, but, yeah, that main event, it, not that it was supposed to be some you know unbelievable card, but it was, it was Marvin Vittori and Darren Till. Darren Till obviously has... Uh, a pretty big profile for a lot of the out of the out of the cage uh, kind of goofiness, uh, but he broke his collarbone last week, and you know Kevin Holland agreed to step in. Kevin Holland is a really interesting story in that 2020, like nobody took more advantage of the pandemic fights than he did. Five wins in 2020, five and zero, oh, and his style is so out there. I mean, he's very, uh, very brash, a uh, lot of showboating in the cage, and he talks the entire fight he never stops talking and people loved that when he was winning but then he he fought three weeks ago uh and this makes him the first uh, the quickest turnaround ever between two main events in the ufc because he was in the main event three weeks ago and he talked through five full rounds of getting taken down over and over again by Derek brunson and so the thing that everybody loved the fact that he was willing to talk and be silly and goofy throughout the fight now everybody's like well you can't do that if you're losing settle down well, you're gonna you're gonna lose every once in a while. Dana White was furious at the performance, mostly because he wanted uh, Holland to take a step forward and knock out Derek Brunson and become a bigger star and kind of knock out that guy that is too much of a contender but doesn't really have any excitement. Uh, and that didn't happen. So you know, Kevin Holland is saying like, "Oh, hey, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna be quiet now. I'm just gonna go out and fight." Like nobody wants that. Uh, just be yourself. Do what you were doing. Do what made you successful. And uh, just stop it. You know, just ignore everybody. Now he said the reason everybody was mad. It's because they all started betting on him and they lost, and now they're frustrated. I don't know if that's the case. I think that's just the nature of people. You know, they love something until they hate it, and in this case, him losing made them hate everything that they loved before. Well, I love the idea of afternoon fights. I mean, this goes back to the 70s and 80s and what they did with boxing on both uh, CBS and on ABC with the wide world of sports. So uh, UFC on ABC2 is coming up. Uh, Beyond that, most intriguing fight on the card. I know Mackenzie Dern has been hot of late. Uh, I mean, you, you know me too well. Going to that fight, uh, certainly that's the one I'm going to go to. Mike Perry's interesting too. Um, I don't, I don't know if I brought it up the other day on the show. I might have told you off the air, but 
but being around Mike Perry and his and his newborn child yes. was one of the weirdest experiences of my life. <laughs> Mike Perry, the father, is odd. Uh, I mean, he's just a normal father, but at the same time, like that guy being a dad is a really weird experience. So, um, you know, he's on the card, and and we'll see how he performs. He's kind of kicking things off the first fight. But yeah, Mackenzie Dern and Nina Nunez. By the way, she has uh, made it clear uh, no right, more no Nina, more, no more Nina Ansaroff. No more Ansaroff. So uh, yeah, she's going by Nina Nunez now that she is uh, she is married officially to the double champion Amanda Nunez. Uh, Nina gave birth only a few months ago in September, and she is back to fight right now. It seems quick to me. She said she actually wanted to be back sooner, uh, but they kind of held her off a little bit, mostly because Amanda was fighting last month and they didn't want to fight at the same time with the baby. So uh, she's back to the cage, and Mackenzie Dern, you know, may be the best jujitsu performer. Uh, we've ever seen, at least in terms of female MMA fighters, maybe in terms of anybody, as decorated as she was as a grappler. Uh, she's learning to strike a little bit. I think she's falling too in love with it. But this is a really intriguing matchup. If she gets the fight to the ground, she should win. Uh, but, you know, Nina, oh, I was about to say answer up. Uh, Nina Nunez, uh, is, is a, she's a good fighter, not a great fighter. She's kind of that gatekeeper role. Uh, this is a big test for Mickey Dern, who also is a mother. And uh, they kind of both suggested they think they put them against each other because they both have children. Coyotes and Knights, 7 o'clock tonight. Yeah. Coyotes have won 6 of 8. Uh, I, one of the biggest storylines right now for the Vegas Golden Knights is the power play. they got to get this going, and I saw Stone say the other day, you know, these are the types of games where your best players have to find ways to score goals. That was a couple days ago, and he said, I take the majority of the responsibility for that. It's not his fault, but what is going on with the power play? Do they break out tonight? Well, that's, that's what captains are supposed to do, right? And this is the first time the Golden Knights have had a captain. And uh, Mark Stone kind of taking the responsibility and saying, hey, it's on me. I've got to get it going. Um, I, I don't know what they need to do. I mean, it's just there's not much happening on their power play. And, and I think a lot of it is just kind of it's in their head now. It's struggled at times throughout the season. It's been good in, in brief stretches. Uh, but they just get into a, a spot where they're not moving the puck around enough. They're not you know, taking shots when they're there. They're not getting to the, to the space in front of the net. I think that's the biggest thing. You're using that, using your physicality to fight to that space in front of the net, and really make things difficult on a goaltender. None of those things are really happening enough on the power play, so they've got to get that going. But they've also got to get a better start. They've had several games now where they just started ugly, and I know Pete DeBoer kind of rallied the team around at morning skate today and uh, gave them a speech about the first ten minutes of the game uh, that you've got to get into the game a little bit sooner. So we'll see if they uh, come out and start well. Uh, but Robin Leonard should be in net. Looks like uh, he's going to get the start tonight, five zero and one. Uh, in his last six starts, so uh, I'm sure that he'll have some confidence. I don't think he's given up uh, two goals in, like, six starts. So uh, he's been really good since he came back, and uh, we'll see if, they, if he can keep that going. But uh, they want to get that offense going more than anything. Busy weekend on the phones, maybe, you know, texting, calling for management. Trade deadlines on Monday. What do the Knights need? What could the Knights pull off? Do they have any room, salary cap-wise, to add anyone of significance? Yeah, they really don't have room at all. Uh, but I do think this last couple of games may have changed some things. I know the Golden Knights all year have said, hey, they're comfortable with where their roster is. They've done all their deadline work in the last couple of years to build their roster to this point, and now they're pretty happy with where they are, but can't be happy with how the last couple of games have gone. So uh, will they be in the market? Possibly. I think it would be somebody to get something going on that third line. We've talked about the bottom six a lot, but the fourth line, has actually really kind of found itself a little bit the last couple of weeks. Uh, that's been one line that's clicking. So maybe somebody to play along that third line, uh, you know, with with the guys that are there. 
uh, right now just to kind of jumpstart some things. So maybe a bottom six type forward, uh, particularly a, a center or a wing that, wing that could score some goals. Uh, and then maybe a uh, bottom pair defenseman uh, to just kind of slide in there. I don't think they're going to make a big splash, uh, but I think a piece here or there, if they can figure out a way to make it work. I know the Avalanche just made a deal in the last couple of minutes uh, where they were able to get Detroit to pay uh, at least, or to keep on the books at least half. Uh, of the salary, so we'll see if if the Golden Knights can do something like that. They can find somebody where they can make something creative play out uh, and get somebody else to maybe retain some of that salary to, to play that uh, cap game that they've been playing all year. So uh, no big names, uh, you know, center maybe you know help out. Uh, you know what's been going on with Cody Glass? No gets laugh, nothing like that. I wouldn't think so. I don't know how they'd make it work. I mean, the Golden Knights are about the most creative organization that we've seen in terms of trying to figure out ways to, to navigate the cap, but I wouldn't expect it to be a big name. I'd expect it to be somebody a little more under the radar. Uh, if they do make a move at all here, uh, that's what I would look at. Also, uh, Nikita Kusev looks like he's available. I think the, the Devils might have released him. That would be fascinating to bring him back into the mix. I don't think that happens, but uh, just something just something funny to think about. I love the Knights because they're setting an example for the market. Like, it's go time all the time, right? Raiders yep. were like, okay, are the Raiders going for it or not? Knights are always like every week. It's like, all right, are we good enough? Do we need, you know, can we do something? Um, could they, could they surprise the fans by shipping someone out? You know, where fans are like, what the hell just happened? Sure, I, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that past them. I mean, they would almost have to to make a big splash here right. uh, in free agency. They'd almost have to ship somebody out. It, I, listen, they have showed a willingness to do it. I, I don't know how much they'd be interested in doing it unless they believe they really need a shakeup right now. Unless, you know, if they think that this recent slide uh, is a, is a sign of things to come, uh, maybe they do something like that, but they've been so insistent that they really like how this roster is constructed, uh, both from an on the ice and off the ice um, uh, perspective that they don't really, they wouldn't really want to mess with anything. But if they think something needs to be, you know, jolted, uh, maybe they do something like that. Adam, I was watching the Chirp, the podcast with Darren Millard, and uh, he was having a conversation, and they asked a the question, should one of the top contenders be looking at a goalie? Knights have some pretty good goalies. Yeah. Uh, what, about yeah. A, what about a contender coming to him and going, you know, we know you're set with Leonard. All right, it's flurry time. Uh, I thought that would be very interesting. Now, one thing to look at is flurry has been struggling the last you know, six or seven starts, so I don't know if a team is willing to give up a whole lot for him necessarily. Uh, but I also think that the complicating factor is maybe Bill Foley. Uh, Bill Foley, the owner of the team, has been pretty vocal about wanting to keep Flurry as a Golden Knight uh, throughout you know throughout this contract and let him retire as a Golden Knight if he if he so desires. Um, he's kind of said that they wouldn't send him anywhere unless he wants to go somewhere. Uh, so I don't know if that's just lip service or if that's something that hey that's non negotiable as the owner of this team. That's what he wants to do and. You know, if you're going to make a move, make it somewhere else. I'm not sure, but I think that could be the stumbling block to something like that. Adam, we appreciate it. Have a good weekend. You're covering, uh, I'm guessing, at, at your schedule. Let's see, VGK tonight, UFC tomorrow, and then VGK <laughs> again on Sunday? Well, we'll see UFC. I'll, I'll be at UFC at like, about like 6 a.m. for the, uh, the prelim. Oh, that's right. So, you got to get, yeah. Uh, that's, that's taking up a lot of the weekend. All right, Adam. We'll see you. See ya. There he is, Adam Hill. Kind of busy. Peace out. Good stuff on DMX, too. Grab bag. On the way, we'll get you some baseball scores and uh, more of the uh, second half of the Masters odds as play as uh, much you know golf on the gambling front as they can.
The Cofield and Company crew is back tonight at 1030. It's the DC and the Sunshine Man podcast with Dave Koken. Watch at Steve Cofield on Twitter or on YouTube. Cofield and Company presents... Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Put your hand in there, Dave. All right, John. Down here at the uh, Golden Circle Sports Bar, Sports Book. Before I leave, I'm getting in some bets. I already said I'm on uh, DeChambeau. Finau? I mean, I like Finau a lot. Like, Finau has played this course really well, like, throughout his entire career. Remember that one year where he snapped his ankle, dislocated it to the par three, and then they were finishing in the top ten that same weekend. Uh, he's got a solid course history here, so I would say, yeah. 14 to 1. I know Adam and Koken were on Cameron Smith. He's 40. Adam Hill was? Yeah. Uh, he I was would... uh, before the tournament, and my uh, my boy, uh, Burned Wiesberger, however you say his name, he's 50. Yeah. Uh, Cam Smith went into the drink earlier today. Mm. I don't know if you saw it. Right, it's out of his system. Yeah. I mean, that's a big gap to make up. Yeah, that's why I ask. That's why I ask. Thank you. Stick your hand in there, Dave. <laughs> what time's your uh, – well, you're not doing the shot tomorrow. That's right. You're going to schedule it for Sunday or Monday. Yeah. Right. yeah i got to go Check driving at, in the morning. Text me at like 7. I know there's been some adverse effects. In the morning? No, no, no. Oh, 7 okay. at night. Okay. I'm, I'm there at like uh, 10 o'clock. Wait, which one are you getting? Shot two of Pfizer. Okay. I heard the Pfizer one does not have that many negative really? effects. Yeah. Right. I heard it's the – to JJ. Get on down here to the TI Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. You've got the golf all weekend. you got baseball playing right now. VGK is coming up. 7 o'clock. Jared Walsh, two-run shot, by the way. Angels Boy, up 7-0. This is unbelievable. I just I feel like you're jinxing yourself. But enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts. Are the Angels for real? You can find out by watching Angels baseball all weekend long. Good job, Ari. Angel, we'll see you.